Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi. My name is Adina Schmidman. Celebrate the completion of Sifrei Nevi'im by learning about the printing of Tanachim, virtually visit Ir David, understand Nevoah more deeply, and embark on a journey through Tehillim. Sign up at ou.org slash women slash nach 23. And now for today's Perek. Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Shelby Friedman. And today we will be se- we will be studying Sefer Malachi Perik Bet. Malachi Perik Bet opens up from the end of Perik Aleph, where Hakadosh Baruch Hu is reprimanding the people for their inappropriate offering of korbanos, or specifically <coughs> their korbanos that they're offering, which have mumim, they have blemishes, and they aren't halachically acceptable. And Hashem continues at this point, and He addresses the Kohanim, the leadership, who is ultimately responsible for this total derailment of the moral fiber of the Jewish people. And he turns to the people and he says to them, um, <coughs> he says, he says, if you don't listen to me, right? And and you don't give honor, you don't pay attention to give honor to my name, Hashem says, then what will happen? He says, I will send you a curse, and I will curse your blessings, right? And this could be understood in one of two ways. Either what Hashem is saying is all the brachot which I've sent down into the world as a result of your building this second Beit HaMikdash, all of that I'm going to send, I'm going to flip and will no longer be a bracha, it's now going to be a curse. In other words, the bracha was conditional on using the bias, using the base hamikdash for the correct things. Seeing as you're not, you will now be cursed. However, there's another way of understanding this. The Malbim understands this to mean that when it says, I will curse you um, and I will curse your blessings, it's specifically making a reference to the Kohanim. We know that the Kohanim have a specific power to give brachas. Hashem gives the bracha to the Kohanim that, that through the Kohanim people are blessed. And Hashem says, if you, the Kohanim, the leadership, are not behaving as you're meant to, so what's going to happen is the brachas that you are going to give are actually not going to happen. They're going to become curses. And the Pasuk continues and it says, the gam arasiha. And also you will be cursed. And maybe this is just a double emphasis, but maybe there's something else going on. Maybe what it's saying is also, also the curses that you're already seeing are because of this. Because you're not actually paying attention to giving the proper respect to Hashem. Or maybe, as Rashi says, what it's saying is that I know that I made a condition in the rest of the Pasuk. I said, if you don't listen to me, your brachas will be turned into klalas. Vagam, the Pasuk ends, but let's be honest, you're not going to listen to me. And this Rashi's reading of the text is just so tragic that Hashem says, if you don't listen, your blessings will be curses, which means that your blessings will be curses. Because ki because there is no way that you're going to get this right. It's hopeless. You will not listen to me. And Hashem continues to say, I don't want these korbanot from you. I don't accept them. And I'm, I'm disappointed in this, in this promise that I made with the people of Levi because you are not giving me the appropriate respect and therefore I don't want your korbanos. Um, and so, Pasuk Vav, Hashem says, Torah's emes hayasabafihu. There was true Torah in his mouth, his mouth perhaps being talking about Aaron Hakohen, the first coin of Pinchas, right? That the, these people had it was specifically Pinchas because we see that there was a 
pr promise of shalom which he gave and it talks about the pasuk before brisi shalom my covenant of of shalom of of peace which was a covenant that hashem made with pinchas he said the original kohanim were so righteous you wouldn't find um, a blemish, a sin on their lips. They had righteousness. They did the right thing. Um, and that's the job of a Kohen, not just the Kohen Gadol of old, the Aaron, Aaron HaKohen, but this is the role of a Kohen even today in the time of the second base Hamikdash. Sifta HaKohen Yishmurudas. It's their responsibility, the lips of the Kohen, to guard the, the knowledge of Hashem and to seek the words of Hashem. Ki malach Hashem because here yeah, the word malach doesn't mean here he's an angel, but rather he's a messenger of God. The coin needs to recognize his responsibility as a messenger of God and therefore live up to the standard of saying, I'm here to represent God in this world. And if you don't, if you don't live up to the standard and the bar that Aaron HaKohen has set, then you as a Kohen have um, let yourself down and you've destroyed as Pasuk Chet says, you've destroyed the covenant that I've made with you, Levi. Um, to be the people who give bracha. Um, the second part of Perik Bet continues with a different criticism of the Jewish people. If Psukim Aleph to Tess are a specific, a critical view of the Kohanim, their failure to fulfill their role and demand of the people that they give good sacrifices um, and reprimand them when they give bad ones, the second part, Perik Yud, till the end of the Perik, turns to the people themselves. And turns to the people to say, and the specific um, reprimanding here is um, the problem of intermarriage. That these people have gone on, the people who, the people, let's remember, who have made the commitment to move to Eretz Yisrael during the time of the second Beit HaMikdash. This small minority who, under the leadership of Zerubavel and Ezra later, come to Israel and establish the second Beit HaMikdash, later what they do is they marry non-Jewish women. Not only are they marrying non-Jewish women, but these are people who are married to Jews and they betray their wives, their Jewish wives, in order to be with um, their non-Jewish second wives. And this is kind of compounded in the second part of this of this parak. Um, Pasuk Yud tells us, um, there's, there's really kind of two ways to read this Pasuk, but let's read it and translate it and then look at it deeply. It says, Halo Is there not one father to all of us? We were all created by one God. Um, and this could either be the, the Navi turning to the people and criticizing them and saying to them, aren't we, we meaning Klal Yisrael, aren't we meaning the people of Yaakov? And remember, we spoke in Perik Aleph about how the whole of Malachi is going to keep playing back on these interpersonal relationships. The idea of a parent and a child. Um, the father, don't you respect your father? And surely a child should respect their father. Here we're coming again and saying, we have one father. We as the people of Yaakov have one father. We're all connected. How then could we betray our spouses and hurt our spouses in the deep way that we do when we take on additional non-Jewish wives. Why are you betraying your fellow Jew, specifically here, your fellow Jewess, when, when you disgrace the covenant of our forefathers and you take on non-Jewish wives? Alternatively, this can be read as a, um, maybe a, a, a chutzpahdik response of the people who are intermarrying. And they say, Don't we all have one father? In other words, aren't we all from the same people? Aren't we all human beings? 
Hello, Elechad Bura'anu. We're all created by one God. What difference does it make if my wife is Jewish, if my wife is non-Jewish, she comes from... We're all human beings. It doesn't make any difference. And in response, the Navi turns to the people and he says, No, we're not just all under the same canopy of human being and therefore we're all one and the same. How could you betray your fellow Jew and desecrate this this holy covenant that you have with Hashem to marry Jewish and to continue on the Jewish people. And this, this, um, this tragic state of affairs is again spoken about in Pasuk Yud Aleph. Um, it says that what did you do? You have loved and you have been with non-Jewish women. Um, and so, and maybe Pasuk Yud Beis is the, um, there's again two ways of reading this pasuk, but it's 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 going to continue on in this in this criticism, and it says, Hashem, Hashem will cut off people who do this. Hashem will cut off who? Hashem is going to cut off people who intermarry, and it says, er He will cut off their er means awake. Maybe that's a reference that Barbanel suggests to those who are awake, meaning those who are alive in the next generation. Ona, he who is going to answer, me'ohale Yaakov from the tents of Yaakov. If you marry non-Jewish women, you're going to have non-Jewish children. There will be no one to answer for you. Or maybe in more abrupt um, language that maybe speaks to us a bit more. There'll be no one to say Kaddish for you. There'll be no erva honor in your tents if you do this, Hashem says. Um, there'll be no one to offer sacrifices in your name. The, the relationship, the parent-child relationship, which as we said is such a deep theme of the book of Malachi, is being visited here from the perspective of Hashem saying, if you don't ensure that your children are Jewish, then you will have no Jewish children. You will have no one to continue to answer to Hashem's calling to be part of the tent of Yaakov and to offer korbanos to Hashem. Um, there, there will just be no Jews, right? Um, um, Pasuk and at that point, um, Hashem turns and he says, it's because you're intermarrying. It's because you're not being loyal to me. And I'd like to take a look at Pasuk Tesvav, because Pasuk Tesvav is a very difficult Pasuk to translate. And any way you translate it, it really does send another punching message of the same idea. It says, I'm going to loosely translate, does not one do that? Um, and has another spirit upon him. And what was this one seeking? The Zera Elokim, the seed of Hashem. Um, this one could be understood perhaps to be a reference to Avraham Avinu, the Radak says. And there's two ways of reading this. Either the Navi turns to Asher, turns to the people, and he says, he says, what about the one, Velo Echad, the one, he was, right, he was Goy Echad, he was, he became this, 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 he was the one who was ever layout and he was in his own camp, he was a, a, a unit in his own right. This one, don't think that he did like this, don't think that he, like you, was marrying other women when he took Hagar, because Sha'ar Ruach Lo, he had a totally different intention. What was his intention? He did it because he was trying to continue on his seed and continue to create um, people who would serve God. Um, so don't think that you are like him. Alternatively, the Radak says, perhaps it's the people who are talking about Abraham. And they say, Did not um, Abraham do this? Meaning, 
didn't Abraham also marry other women? Why are you criticizing us if our forefather did exactly the same thing? And then once again, the Navi answers and he says, no, he had a different intention. He was trying to continue on his seed. And alternatively, this Echad could be a reference to Adam Harishon. And just like when we understood Echad to refer to um, to refer to Avraham, we could understand it as either the Navi's criticism or the people's defense. So too, Barbara Bernal points out, when we refer to, when the Echad is a reference to the first man, Echad won the first man, it could be understood as either a defense of the people or criticism of the Navi. Let's try and understand it. Either it could be understood that um, the people are saying, wait, again, one person made us. We all come from him. This is it would be a repeat of the Psukim, a couple of Psukim before in Pasuk Yod, where he says, Hello, Don't we all have one father? So here it says, Don't we all have one? We all come from Adam Arishon. What difference does it make if we marry non-Jews? We're all together, right? And the answer, the response is no. No, there is a difference. Because if you just marry a human being because they're a human being just like you, then then you won't be able to seek Zerahim. Alternatively, we could be understood this as a reference to Adam Harishon in the same way. And this is a beautiful reading of Rashi, where Rashi says, um, is saying, Hashem made us to be loyal to the other. Hashem made Adam and Chava as one. Didn't Hashem make a one as an individual and then he split them into two? And in that, if that's the case, why did he make them umahechad? Why did he make Adam and Chava one? So that they will consistently, continually be loyal to each other. Spouses are meant to be loyal to each other. Spouses are meant to hold on to each other. And if they do that, then they can be mavakesh zerelokim. Then they can seek to have offspring that is the offspring of God. And I'll finish with a fifth explanation of this pasuk velo echad that barbanel says is when hashem turns and he's saying velo echad asa it's not one of you who's sinning meaning it's not a reference to the one meaning the one avraham or the one adam arishon but it's just saying one velo echad asa when i'm looking at, at your assimilation rates and i'm looking at how you're intermarrying and you're not staying loyal to god lo echad asa it's not one of you it's all of you who are doing it and it's all of you who are ultimately resulting in the destruction of the Jewish people. And the peric ends with Hogatem. Hashem says, you're exhausting me. You're exhausting me in dealing with these problems. You're exhausting me in how you're behaving, in how you're betraying not just me, God, but how you're betraying each other and being disloyal to each other. Thank you for studying together. Le'ilo Nishmat Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat Alexander Center.